Welcome to the CFX Connections podcast. CFX is your connection to church leadership, AVL technology, facilities, and operations. Our goal is to provide church volunteers and personnel with practical resources for education, training, and connection with others serving their church's ministry. My name is Eric Berg, and I'll be hosting this month's podcast. Uh, right now, I am in my office where I am employed by Frederick Church of the Brethren as the Director of Worship and Media. So it's a pleasure to be with all of you that are listening. Today, we are going to be talking about tools for mental health with Michelle Burnt. Michelle is the VP of Sales at One Share Health in Irving, Texas. One Share is a healthcare sharing ministry, which is an affordable alternative to traditional insurance. That's very interesting. Uh, Michelle has been in the healthcare industry for over 10 years, has a bachelor's in healthcare administration as well. She is a fourth generation breast cancer survivor. You go, girl. Former Mrs. Texas International. I want to, I'm, I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> a Christian wife, a mother of two beautiful children. How old are your children? Uh, 12 and 15. Oh, 12 and 15. man. So you're in the middle of it. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm there. We, we on the same street. <laughs> and, and welcome, Michelle. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. I'm happy to be here. It's so nice to meet you. Now let's get the let's get the fun thing out of the way, and then we'll get into the content a little bit. Tell me about Mrs. Texas International. What is what is Mrs. Texas International? Yes, absolutely. And actually, funny thing is, it ties into the mental health topic we're talking about today. Great. So, um, my senior year in high school, I competed um, in a pageant, and I got addicted because I'm a singer, and there was talent. It's the Miss America system, and wow. so I started working my way through pageantry. And when I got married, you know, you think you're old and you can't do anything anymore. And then I found out there's this Mrs. System that really is about successful. Um, mothers and business women that still want to make a difference nationwide. And I'm like, I want to tap into this. Wow. Well, meanwhile, I went through stage three breast cancer, which consisted of chemo, radiation, a bilateral mastectomy, a hysterectomy. Wow. It was, it was pretty intense and it was invasive. It was starting to spread, um, but I'm 10 years cancer free. And thank you. Afterwards, everyone's like, okay, your mental health has taken a toll. You just sure. need to calm down. Don't do anything to distract yourself. Just, just lay back and kind of stay in the dark, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what people should do when they're having, um, you know, a mental breakdown or they're depressed. And I necessarily... Well, actually, I strongly disagree. Um, and so for me, I'm like, no, I need to get out and conquer the world and feel like I have control over something. Because wow. when you're dealing with depression or mental health, it's um, it's tough and you feel like you don't have control over anything. So bald, wearing a wig, I went and competed for Mrs. Texas wow. and I won. Um and then I went on to compete at nationals. I had this amazing group of followers from my cancer journey and just the, the world's best support system. And I went on to place top 10 out of 72 at nationals. So wow. I chose to take um, my anxiety and the issues I was dealing with mentally um, and run with it. Um, and so there, that's some of the things we'll talk about today, Eric, is, you know, how do you conquer that? What do you do when you're faced in that situation? But for a year, I used the power of the crown to share my cancer journey nationwide. 
That is great. We, we, we can um, really celebrate that. Yeah. And it's also great, you know, it, and of course we all know, you know, that we serve a God that is in the miracle working business. He is a healer. He is everything that he said he was going to be. But when you're just given even more evidence that he's exactly doing, he's still in the miracle working business. He's still doing it today. It's just good to park the car right there and just say, thank you, Jesus. You know what? You're so right. You know, I do a lot of public speaking. And when we talk about trials and obstacles you go through in life, you know, maybe it's the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, divorce, illness, like breast cancer. Um, Life throws you curveballs and they are tricky. And sometimes you think there's no way I'll get through another day or there's no way I can handle this. And, you know, we always hear the term, God will never give you something you can't handle. Um, And that's true because when you are weak, he is strong. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people when you go through an obstacle like that, there's two lives. Um, The first life is the life your parents gave you. And the second life is the life God gave you. And for me, it was so much better than the first. And I truly feel I know my purpose now. Oh, great. Great. And that kind of leads, I think, right into some of the things that we wanted to get into today. I mean, because church leaders, staff and volunteers deal with a lot of pressures. A lot of times it's pressure, not only in the ministry, I'm blessed enough to be able to work in ministry, but I've also had experience working outside ministry. And then sometimes you're bringing those pressures into the ministry. Sometimes, you know, your kids are going crazy or you got more month than money. And you got, and you're trying to figure all that stuff out, but you're also trying to trust God in the process. So if you could just for a moment, could you share with us um, some of the pressures um, that people face in ministry and how they can affect one's mental health? Yeah. What a, what a great topic right now. Right. Can you think of all the negative things that are going on in the world right now? And when you work in ministry, you have to watch the news at home let's say on a Saturday morning, and then turn around the next day, go on a Sunday and be positive and share the word of Christ in a world that is in some eyes falling apart. And so it's, you know, you want, you want to be honest with people and share those emotions and be real, but you have to be very careful. There's a fine line not to bring your stress and put it and transfer it onto others. That's really good. That's good. Go into that. And, and that, I think that's tough, right? I mean, I work in sales and they even say that at sales, you know, um, don't bring your stress to work. That is easier said than done, especially in ministry. And so I, I think there's a couple of things that um, we can maybe touch on today. Number one, when you're dealing with, you know, the leaders, the staff and the volunteers, that, that's a lot of individuals working different jobs. Some are paid, some aren't. Um, and one thing that I have noticed, I, I go to a pretty big church here in um, Dallas, Texas. And they're so busy helping that their focus is on getting their tasks done instead of the sermon and just putting their head and diving deep into the Bible. And that should be the main focus, right? And I know it takes a village. I can see it. And man, do I appreciate the hard work they put in, but you can't take them away from what got them there to begin with. So I encourage them to have this happy medium where maybe they attend one service, but then they volunteer the other so they can still pay attention to the sermon. Another thing is 
gosh, you got to deal with all types of personalities, right? You know, your leaders are go-getters. Your volunteers may be a little bit more laid back. Your staff are paid, so they know they got to get the job done. So with all different types of personalities, uh, that can be very challenging. And so the more you know your people, the better. Sometimes we only have enough time to get to know the leaders and the staff. And the volunteers, we just love on when we can. Right. Your volunteers may need a little more love, nourishment, and growth than your staff and leaders do, right? So you got to kind of have um, buckets and love differently, but fairly on all of them. Mm-hmm. And the last thing would be um, a lot of them do not get paid. And so there could be some financial stress there. Churches really, really depend on their volunteers, um, especially after COVID, because we're slowly working back to all these in-person services. Mm -hmm. And some have returned as volunteers, some haven't. But the ones that have, remember, they're not getting paid. And so for them to spend, you know, not only possibly a Saturday setting up, a Sunday tearing down, but coming during the week, you are taking them away from their loved ones. So again, it's just really finding that happy meeting them and remembering that there could be some financial stress there as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. We, um, at my church, we recently, um, change the uh, uh, kind of the sequence of what we do yeah. in our worship service, because we just felt obligated to respond to some of the things that have been happening um, in Uvalde and Buffalo and in uh, Southern California, that kind of thing. We thought it would be a little tone deaf to kind of come right into a worship service and try to be, you know, super thumbs up. And so I think what you said is really, really great. You try to create a space where you don't bring your thing and kind of project it onto the ministry, but you try to find a space where that you can kind of be a human being because even Christ cried before he pulled Lazarus out of the tomb. You know, you have a space to be a yes. human, but you're also aware of your mental health. You're aware of the, the mental health of those around you. You're mindful of all of those things that all of those factors as you kind of work together. That's really good stuff. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, it appears and, and, and thanks society for this, but it appears as though church leaders and the staff have it together. They live this perfect life because that's what Christians should do. But everyone, including Christ has been through turmoil and heartache and obstacles. In fact, it's it got him to where he is today. And so I, you're so right, Eric, because you said it's okay to be human. It's okay not to be okay. And that is something I tell people all the time when I speak. It is okay not to be okay, but it's how you deal with that stress that defines you. Hence the topic we're talking about today. You know, the depression, anxiety, and mental yeah. health is a real thing, especially after COVID. Um, and so we want the church to feel comfortable bringing that forward, but it's how we deal with it internally that will define those four walls. Yeah. Do you find that there is still um, a stigma attached to those that are Christians to even talk about or acknowledge that they have, let's just say, some mental health uh, challenges, maybe not struggles, but just challenges. They might have seasons of maybe just not being there 100. Do you, do, you, do you find that that's, because I think, well, I guess what I'm driving at is that I think sometimes we as Christians do a disservice because we say things that are not 
helpful. They're spiritual maybe, but they're not helpful. Like if you're struggling in your mental health for a particular season, we'll tell somebody to pray more, or they need to go to more church, or they need to join a small group or something. And all those things are certainly great, but mental health requires a little bit a different kind of a Correct. strategy. Do you do you find that in your in your in your experience? You know, I think we've make we've made some amazing strides towards um, enhancing that, and and I'm proud of our our churches and and our small groups and home groups for embracing that. Right, mm. um, it's gotten much better. What I think is still very much a problem is having the time to reach everyone. Because there's no way for a ministry to meet with every individual of the congregation when majority of the nation is dealing with some sort of mental health, whether it be anxiety or depression or just pure sadness. Um, But also on the opposite side of the spectrum, I think we as individuals struggle with denial. A church can't help if the person's in denial to begin with and won't bring it to the church. So again, I think it's all about creating that that comfort zone, that safe zone that your church is your home, your second home, um, and that you know Christ loves everyone no matter what you're going through, um, and that you you feel there's no hope for you when actually in that time He loves you the most because uh-huh. you need Him, yeah. and so I I think there's dealing with those in denial, trying to help them, but then once they have come forward and and spoken up, how do you help every single person of the congregation? congregation in need. But we have made strides and we and we need to praise on that because that's that's a great thing to be proud of. That's good stuff. What so uh let's talk about some practical tools. Can you suggest or what are some practical tools and resources that can help with these pressures? Yeah, I'm going to tell y'all what my I'm 41 years old and my parents still tell me daily, slow down. (laughs) They say, Michelle, you may think you are, but you are not Wonder Woman. And the work you are doing today will still be there tomorrow. Um, But guess what? You made time for everything today except for Christ. And I'm like, whoo, God, but sometimes you need that. Sometimes we need those reality checks and people to hold us accountable and and put us in our spot. Um, And it's never easy, even from loved ones. But for me, that's what my home group's for, right? Right. Found a group of friends that we can lean on, love on, but hold each other accountable because we asked for it. And so sometimes you need that reminder. So I encourage everyone. I don't care if you have to literally schedule it in your planner. I'm not bashful. I have to, it wouldn't get done. If I don't, whatever it takes, you got to set a reminder on your cell phone. Great. You want to literally plan it into your day. Great. You want to do it during your lunch or with a friend. Great. But you read the Bible and you spend time with Christ daily. Now that's going to be different for everyone. Could be 15 minutes, could be an hour, could be morning and night, could be just lunch. It doesn't matter as long as you do it. He will relieve your anxiety. He will calm the storm. He will give you inspiration to keep going another day, but you weren't meant to deal with it alone. And that is what I struggle with myself. I don't know about you, Eric, but maybe it's a pride thing. Hmm. I just feel like I should be able to handle this because God created me strong. He did, but he also created us to lean on him. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think I, I think that's true. I think you kind of want to you you want to assess your own strength by how much you can handle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes God is at his best when he's the one holding you up. Yeah, that's yeah. when he works his magic. That's right. 
That's yeah, right. He, he shows up. He shows up when you call on him. That's you right. know, I've dealt with obviously, you know, with illness and, and um, a couple obstacles in life that were very, very challenging. And I'm just like, what? Stop throwing me curveballs. I didn't think I could handle anymore. And you we're so young. Oh, and I just, and just broken um, and mad at the world. And my, actually my, my, um, well, I guess you could call it kind of a mentor at the church. It wasn't the, um, the pastor. It was a mentor at the church said, Michelle, have you truly reached out to God? I said, Sherry, I pray daily. What more can I do? She said, get down on your hands and knees. I know that and, right. mm-hmm. and when I finally did, he showed up. Mm-hmm. He was always there. That's right. But he spoke up and he showed up and he worked his magic when I was broken, truly broken. Yeah. And yeah. that that's what it's all about. So Another thing is we're gonna have some holy ghost in here, girl. You I know, to, right? We're gonna open the doors of the church. Go ahead. Go ahead, keep going, keep going. Keep going. I'm with you. I'm gonna get on the organ. Go ahead. I love it. Oh gosh. <laughs> so we gotta make time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm, I need to preach to the choir here, (laughs) but I make time for everyone, but myself, we make time for everyone, but Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we always say we're going to do better. And every January, it's going to get better. What are you waiting for? Don't put off today, what you could have done yesterday. Right? So we need to make time for ourselves. Life doesn't always have to be busy. Quiet time is okay. And again, if it's just 15, 20, 30 minutes, that's all right. But you got to wind down your mind mentally can only handle so much. So if you are already struggling mentally, try to find things you can get rid of. Do you have too many animals in the house and you need to get rid of them? Are you saying yes to everything when maybe a couple of things you should say no to? Do you truly need to volunteer for absolutely every position at the church or do you need to cut it down to two or three? Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you're a volunteer, our passion, it runs so deep. We don't even know the word no, right. but it's okay, right? It, yeah. It's okay to, to say not this week or how about next month or how yeah. about just this task? Yeah, that's really, really good. How can, um, how can leaders help their teams prevent burnout and added stress? Yeah, well, do you have enough volunteers and staff to get the job done? When people are overworked and doing multiple jobs they didn't sign up for, that's tough, guys. And that's, you know, a lot of the stuff we're discussing, Eric, is for any position, not just ministry, right? That's right. That's right. Um, burnout's real. And it's the leading thing towards mental health is burnout. They just get tired and overworked. Um, but let's talk some good stuff, right? Yeah. So what about team building? Truly ask yourself, when is the last time You just sat down and did something fun with your staff and volunteers. What have you done? I'm challenging you guys. What have you done to grow your team? Not just maintain it, but grow your team and create a positive culture. Not just a safe culture, but a positive, thriving, happy culture. Mm. Right? Yeah, good. Yeah, keep going. It's it's important um, that we create that work-life balance. Okay, so some of you may be saying, well, okay, I agree with you, Michelle, but but how do we do that? Mm -hmm. Well, learn to prioritize. Not everything can be done in one day, nor should it. Right. Um, Plus, if you do that, it's probably rushed and not done correctly. And learn to delegate based on strengths. I'll tell you, as as a corporate leader in this industry, 
I, it took me, gosh, this is embarrassing, but probably 35 years to master that. I never truly learned how to delegate. And so I was becoming that burned out person. And I kind of, instead of moving up the chain, started moving down. And finally, about 34, 35 years old, I, I learned how to truly delegate and realize that I was only as good as my team. Mm. And that's the same for a pastor. It's the same for the um, leaders in the church. You are only as successful as those that support the four walls in your church. Yeah. And so you, you have to put them first and make sure they're a priority. And that comes with being transparent and definitely, definitely communicating often. That's the number one thing that can shut down a marriage, a business, a church is communication. Yeah, my pastor put it this way. It was really good. There was a Sunday where I was, um, I got ill the night before and I couldn't really do worship on Sunday. And so I was calling him to say, man, I'm really sorry. I couldn't make church. And he said, you are, you are necessary, but you weren't needed. And that's mm. a great place to be. It's great to be necessary, but you weren't needed to make it go. Because when you're, when you're younger and you're, you're thinking that you, you know, you have to run on your own strength and you have, yeah. you have to turn the lights on. You got to make sure that the computer is up. You have the cameras focused. You got to do all the stuff. You got to do It's like, but when you start to learn how to delegate there's strength in the team, you're necessary for the health of the team. I mean, you're, you're needed, but you're not necessary because ministry, it goes beyond the individual. That's yeah. Right. And guess what, guys? It's not rocket science. God blessed you with one body. So you better take care of it. Right. And you keep pushing yourself and pushing, pushing, pushing. Mentally, you're going to break down, whether that is physically. Uh, that's what I do. I get sick. Um, mm. Mentally, even spiritually. Right. Yeah. Um, right. You have to have all three to truly feel fulfilled. And if you are not fulfilled and you feel there's this void that you're trying to feel with, you know, maybe I should volunteer more. I got to do more at the church. Or is it that you've just filled your heart with every single thing, but Jesus mm. Mm. volunteering more, ain't going to get you to heaven. Right. Um, saying yes to everything is not going to get you to heaven, but utilizing the passions and the talents God gave you will start it and fulfilling your heart, your soul, your mind, every inch of your being with his word will definitely get you there because it's all he wants is for you to believe in him. That's yeah. the only priority on a daily yeah. basis. Yes. Yes. I, I feel like you, you've kind of broached this, but I wanted to end uh, with something that um, we can use as a takeaway, like how, and you kind of talked about this, but how do we keep our families and personal relationships healthy? How do we maintain that health? So growing up, I was always taught Christ first, mm. family second, mm -hmm. career third. Okay. Now that's tough when you're in a church, right? Because your career is Christ. Um, but your ministry cannot be number one. Christ is number one, not your four walls. Um, Christ gave you the opportunity to create that church, right? So you, you have to make sure that... The, everyone is happy with their family, with their children and their lives and their health and their spirituality, because guess what? If they put that first, they will come into your church ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. They will come in happy and ready to serve those around them. So a couple of things to keep in mind. Um, 
most churches have multiple services. So again, I encourage you, instead of volunteering the entire day and not getting anything from the servant, which benefits no one, volunteer for one service and then sit down and embrace the other service so you can actually hear the sermon. Yes. And number two, support your staff and volunteers by hosting family appreciation events. Keyword, appreciation. Uh, Don't just tell them thank you. Uh, Show them. What are you showing them to say, I appreciate you, I value you, I love you, and guess what? So does Christ. Um, But don't just host those. There's two different things. There's team building events, which are just for your staff and volunteers, And then there's family appreciation events where they can bring their loved ones to feel part of their career. And that's really great, guys, because corporate America doesn't really have that. A church can Mm. to involve their families. And lastly, I want to end with reminding everyone that the church is just a building. It's the people inside of it that make it. And if their mental health isn't where it should be, your church will struggle. Wow. Wow. That is super, super great. Thank you so much, Michelle. I am scared of you. (laughs) You are. I'm a teddy bear. I just love people, but I'm a talker. You are a rock star. I'm so I've, I've just learned so much from this time. Thank you for sharing that valuable wisdom and for your encouragement to those that you serve. If anybody wants to contact with you further about any of this, what's the best way they can get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is onesharehealth.com and it's spelled out O-N-E, onesharehealth.com. And we are a faith-based affordable healthcare program. So, you know, we're we're speaking to people here that are part of a ministry or church or home group and everyone needs affordable healthcare. So, you know, come check us out. I, my family's been on this for almost four years now and we're saving half the cost. So- definitely affordable. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. And again, it's Michelle Burnt. I, w- I would love to connect with all of you. Now, can I ask you a, a real quick question about the, in- Absolutely. Now, what if you already have in- medical insurance, but your medical insurance like stinks? Do you guys co- cover part the part that the stinky insurance doesn't cover? Yep. So um, some of our members, we have over 50,000 members nationwide. And so some have traditional insurance um, and some have us as well. Um, But majority just are tired of their premiums going up every month. So they come to us as an affordable faith-based alternative. Um, And it's just exciting. Um, We are a nonprofit, believe it or not, and we are a ministry. So the fact we've been able to pay $155 million nationwide in medical bills God's good. That is a blessing. Praise God. Praise God. That is Michelle Burnt, ladies and gentlemen. And thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast today. Please make sure to share this on your social media channels and with other church ministry teams who might find this helpful. Check back next month to listen in on Jacqueline Block and Simon Osimo as they discuss architectural design and safety for new and old buildings. Subscribe now to be the first to listen. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Eric. God bless everyone.